Hey everybody, my name is Dominic Caponin from Poor Agency. Uh, we are a winery video um, agency and I am the executive producer over here. Uh, with me I have Brandon Lee, he is our creative director. And last but certainly not least, we have Amber from Spitbucket. How are you doing today, Amber? Hello, doing great. From great, rainy. Great. From where? It's a, it just started raining now here in Paris, so. <laughs> yeah. Very rainy yeah, and dark. It's getting pretty hot over here in, in California, but yeah, so we, we, uh, we connected with Amber, saw her content on her VTR um, article, and we were just astounded by the content. It was super insightful, and we just wanted to connect with her on video and, and share, it, share it to you guys. So uh, Amber has received uh, a glowing endorsement from Tom Wark in, in his January 2019 post, A Talented New Voice in Wine Kicks It Into High Gear and has also been included in Ben Salisbury's list of rule breakers in the wine industry that are helping to herald in a new wine nerd. So Brandon's gonna be asking you the questions, but before we do all that, let's, let's just uh, tell us a little bit about your background and why you started Spitbucket. Um, you know, what can wineries expect from, from your content? Well, I mean, a huge part of my background is, is retail. Um, it's, I started out a little bit, uh, my, my grandfather in Missouri owned uh, several restaurants, so rite of passage for my family was working there so hospitality was originally a start but i really didn't get interested in wine until my late 20s and then you know kind of segued towards that uh actually wikipedia was one of the big things on it i i love writing and so god like 2007 i think i started with wikipedia with your the wine project there so a lot of the wine articles on wikipedia i had a hand in like over over 800 articles i wrote there or rewrote um and then when I went back to school to, to study wines, to wine marketing and sales, um, and also winemaking, I fell in love with winemaking, had a lot of fun doing that. And so did a lot of internships in the Woodenville area in Washington State, really nice wine region there. It's beautiful over there. But you know, it takes a lot of money to start a winery, which <laughs> didn't necessarily have. So kind of back to work in the retail segment, um, work wine shops, uh, grocery store chains, um, I did a lot of kind of that in the trenches work with consumers. Um, then I met uh, with my wife. Uh, she uh, got a good position, um, started moving around with her, and it was just easier to get out of retail and transition full time to writing. And so that's basically my job. I'm not kind of writing to monetize my blog, I'm just kind of writing to just get my thoughts out there while I'm working on uh, my WSET diploma. Long-term goal, I'd like to eventually try for a master of wine. Wow, very cool. Very cool. But yeah, thanks for the introduction, Amber. Uh, what we wanted to talk about today is you had such great insights we've seen in your blog and obviously on you know, some of the calls that we've had. You had been talking, we've been talking about the importance of marketing. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. we do see a gap in um, wineries being a little bit behind some wineries more than others. Uh, and you had mentioned, um, you know, it's important to plant that seed so uh, my first question for you is, you know, why is it so important for wineries to invest in marketing now? Mm -hmm. And for those who have invested in and have planted that seed, what results have, are you seeing them get? Well, I mean, the biggest importance with, in, especially my generation, millennial generation, is we hate being sold to. So <laughs> the aggressive direct commercials, they don't, they're not as effective. It kind of it triggers that, you know, eh, response. So when I interpret seed planting is very much that kind of that subtle sale, um, you know, things like, you know, 
a really interesting photo on Instagram that catches your eye on there. Um, YouTube becoming huge. I mean, so many people are spending their time even beyond, you know, quarantine lockdown, you know, digesting content from, you know, video and YouTube. And so when you search for something, like this actually just happened to me today. Um, I wanted to search for something um, related to, um, you know, Lambrusco, you know, I had a curious question, so I was looking for a video on it. And another winery had in their title, an indigenous grape variety from the region of Lambrusco and Sangiovese. I was like, okay, three minute video, I clicked on it. Hmm. This obscure grape I've never even heard of that some guy found this vine that was uh, climbing up an oak tree and he never saw this vine before. So he replanted it and revived a new variety. Wow. Find this guy's wine. <laughs> yeah. So just that one simple little seed, just because he was smart enough, or the marketing firm that he worked with was smart enough to have a, a title because nobody's going to search for this obscure grape but they would search for something like Sangiovese, you know, Italian wine or Lambrusco. Just took me down that rabbit hole. And mm -hmm. it can't get his wine easily, but it's, that seed's been planted. And so if I get an opportunity, I come across this winery, that's gonna, that's gonna have resonance with me. So it's kind of totally. like that, that add up. You know, if you've ever planted grass, you think grass seeds are really, really tiny. But you know, once you have them in the ground, they're gonna keep coming. It, 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 it multiplies. Yep, totally. And I think that's yep. a really good segue into this next question. Because uh, mm -hmm. you had talked about too, you know, reducing the amount of noise, not mm -hmm. just having, I think you've probably heard a lot of wineries where, hey, the pitch is, we have the best wine here. Um, we're best mm -hmm. in class. It's, you know, our life's work, it's our passion, our attention mm -hmm. to detail and our craftsmanship, right? With the wines is unlike any other, but you had mentioned it's important to, like you said, with planting the seed, having something different. So maybe mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about what that looks like and how wineries can take advantage of not necessarily their wine being the best, but how can they get more mm -hmm. creative? Like what the video you'd just seen where they're yeah. saying something that's different and why it's important not to have so much noise uh, mm -hmm. just being created. I mean, even if their wine is the best, it, that's not going to help them. You know, making good wine alone is not enough to get sales because there's so many wineries that are making fantastic wine everywhere. There's not, there's not a monopoly on quality. You know, even like you think of hallowed ground, like Napa Valley, Napa Valley makes fantastic wine. So does Washington state. So does Sonoma. So does Paso, you know, Argentina. So yeah, here in California, we're surrounded by, I mean, some just incredible winemaking. It's just the amount of, of wineries that we go to and we're like, Oh my gosh, this, this is so good. You know? And for a winery, that's hard to hear that, okay, making good wine is not enough for me on it because obviously they do put their heart, they do put their passion in, but that's not going to capture attention with just that messaging alone. Uh, mm. they're, not, they're not only just competing with other wines. I mean, they're competing with things like, actually, think of whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Millennials and also millennial women. I mean, we're feeding the brown spirit boom quite a bit. This is about about like 60 65 dollars us um it's, it's a whis whiskey from uh, from wales a welsh whiskey wow think of that same 60 65 dollar price range that could be a good russian river pinot it could be napa again what am i going to spend my money on i can get a great great russian river pinot that i have to finish within the night maybe two or i can spend that same amount on a whiskey that i could nurse for weeks months with that, mm -hmm. that has hidden value that 
just somebody presented me a really great bottle of Russian River Pinot that they put their heart and soul into is not presenting me. So how do you compete against that? How do you give me some kind of hidden value that makes it worth it me parting that way with my money? So maybe give us an example of what that looks like then, Amber. What does it look like? What can wineries be doing to compete mm -hmm. with that? What story are you wanting to hear? Connection and engagement. You know, we've, we've caught on the buzzword of experience that, you know, millennials like experience. So they're like redoing tasty rooms to kind of make it more of the experience things beyond just wine. Obviously in cases like now, you can't do that. So how do they translate that experience to something that's digital, that's distant? that even if I'm not sitting there in your tasting room, I'm still experiencing something that gives me a connection. And I do think the medium of, the medium of video does that really well. You know, that face-to-face -face interaction, especially when you do formats, you know, we're doing virtual tastings right now. Um, that shouldn't stop when every tasting rooms open back up. You know, some of the most successful virtual tastings that, that you know, I've, I've seen now are kind of the ones that are more intimate, you know, mm just a few people at a time versus trying to cater to that big college hall seminar type audience. And I could ask you a question face to face and get a response. Mm. That makes me want to, you know, want to know more about you, your brand. Mm. And I feel almost a sense of ownership because I invested some of my time in getting to know you. So yes. that's kind of the hidden value that they need to start getting is, you know, here, we need to give you a reason to like me. You know, yeah. it's almost dating. You know, and that, yeah. And as an aside, in your article, you had mentioned, you know, those personal stories are what make mm -hmm. you feel more connected. And I mean, I, yeah, obviously, we, we totally agree with that. And it, I think it helps the company feel less like a company and more mm -hmm. like people that we want to work with and invest our money into. And like you said, purchase their wine. Mm -hmm. I mean, the human yeah. element is huge. I and mean, people connect to people. The best way to convey the personality of a brand is with a person. And what it drives me up the wall, things of, like especially Instagram, which is the worst, is I call it bottle porn. If you go to Instagram and all you see are bottle shots, they're wasting their money. You know, yeah. really beautifully curated ones that, you know, you know that they had a professional photographer setting, complete waste of money. You're scrolling through your feed and it's just you see bottles and you just go past it. And I know why they're trying to do that. You know, you think of the, you know, the, the three R's of marketing, you know, repetition there, and they want to try to get that top, top of mind brand awareness. But if you go to, go to a wine shop, you know, go to, you know, especially one that has a lot of customers traffic, uh, move, um, total wine and more. I used to work for total wine. I saw this all the time. Customers go in and look at that literal wall of wine. They're not going to remember necessarily that, that photo that they saw on Instagram. They're stunned mm -hmm. and What's going to catch their eyes is just going back to the basics of a smart packaging. Yeah. To catch their eye most is then what somebody's trying to splatter over their social media. So if they're going to use Instagram and use it effectively, show people, use it to convey your story. You know, mm. vineyards are great. You know, a little bit of that where they're from. Anything with a cute animal in it is always gold. You know? <laughs> I would love to see, you know see little baby sheep in a vineyard. We need a weird shot at like kittens running down. <laughs> yeah. But make that content meaningful. Show mm -hmm. us your personality on it that makes me want to stop scrolling and actually look and pay attention. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good point with regards to making things that are meaningful, sharing your story, 
And I think that's, you had touched on that, that is what is going to separate this wine bottle from this wine bottle, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, to go kind of back on a previous point, you had mentioned the virtual mm -hmm. tasting rooms and making those better. Um, mm -hmm. What can wineries be doing to incentivize people to, to join those tasting room mm -hmm. experiences? Because I, I, I've seen it, it's tough to get people to engage with them. They're typically done you know, with an iPhone perhaps or a, mm -hmm. a cellular phone and they just press record and they just hope and cross their fingers that people show up. What are some of the ways that they can start to incentivize people to join these tasting rooms? Well, it, it, we're, this is definitely still very trial and error uh, with mm -hmm. a lot of people trying to figure out the ways. Um, right now, I feel like it's mostly focused on who's already following your brand, who already knows you, who, who's on mm -hmm. your phone list, who might be following you on your social media accounts, which is good. But we need to kind of generate a little bit more word of mouth and also more kind of stumbling on. And one of the smart things that a lot of wineries are doing is after they do their virtual tasting, they're uploading it to a medium like, like YouTube. Mm -hmm. they're, they're wasting what they're doing with like the title, you know, virtual tasting, you know, April 30th. Nobody's going to search for that. Nobody's going to yeah. stumble across. They need to have a come up with theme. You know, what are they talking? Mm. About? You know, let's talk about, you know, Washington Syrahs, Washington versus California Syrahs. You know, they're going to feature mm -hmm. their, their wine, their Syrah, and maybe something else. And have that, it could be the title. And then somebody stumbles across and is like, oh, okay, who's this winery? And, you know, mm -hmm. maybe they're immediately in the, the uh, caption, you know, join our next virtual tasting on X date. Mm -hmm. Way to start bringing people in. It's also a way to start getting it shared and mm -hmm. capture more attention on that. And I think... Some wineries are starting to do it. I haven't seen it as much as I'd like to, but that's kind of the next step. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, too, okay. to piggyback on that note, I think a lot of, of these wineries are kind of looking at it because a lot of their sales do come from the tasting room. Mm -hmm. And so they're looking for that immediate sale. But it, mm -hmm. going back to what you said before, it's, it's, it's not what these virtual tasting rooms should be for. They're really, mm -hmm. like you said, planting that seed so that down mm -hmm. the road you – it's yeah, it's building that connection and brand awareness. Yeah. yeah, they they should be selling their brand right now. I know, I know they, I know they want to sell wine. I know mm -hmm. revenue is important, without a doubt. And and so have an event like okay, we have this theme here. Here's our wines that we recommend getting. You know, that's great. Do that without a doubt. But the most important thing is just selling you, getting mm -hmm. in your story because you want people to look for your wine with intent versus kind of, again wall of wine you know if somebody knows hey i like this brand and they go to the wall of wine they're more likely to be you know ask somebody hey do you have such and such you know they're see actively seeking your wine of course now with i mean online shopping that they're literally could be typing in search engine seeking your wine so yeah that becomes even more important is to get that intent Amber, can you give me um, an example of a winery that you saw be very intentional about selling their brand and what they did? What does that look like? Honestly, across their, their brands in general, one company that's been super impressing me immensely, um, Jackson Family Estates. I okay. think what they've done, especially in response to, you know, the COVID situation, I mean, they're doing things you know, they're, they're doing some of the traditional marketing mix with that. You know, you go to some of their, their, their sites, you know, they're still the bottle porn. There are a lot of outside the box thing. 
like with our Kindle Jackson brand, they were doing a lot of like adult coloring pages, which hmm. you know, <laughs> that's cool. Brilliant. You know, cause I, I haven't taken up the adult coloring page theme now, but I kind of, <laughs> some you know color pencils it wouldn't be bad to do good thing it. to do with some wine yeah yeah and it's yeah it's just a, it's, it's a subtle sale um but de definitely been impressed with that um the another california company um actually kind of tied in to, they did really well with their podcast the uh the winemakers podcast um uh, bart hansen sam katuri um they were doing their own virtual tasting and they basically turned it into another podcast episode. So they already had some name recognition from their podcast and already kind of practiced and they just treated it as, Hey, here's a couple friends, you know, they own their own different wineries. So it's, it's kind of a collaborative e effort and talking a little bit about their wine, but just mostly talking to each other like friends. Mm -hmm. And you kind of had that almost reality TV show feel of, you know, Hey, I'm kind of interested in these people. And yeah, there's a little bit of wine that goes with it. I thought that mm -hmm. was with a segue, with a good segue there. I like that. And on that note, then Amber, I think you brought up a really good point. With it's not even a, more so about the wine mm -hmm. as much as you're learning about kind of the faces and the stories behind it. Yeah. So I guess I guess this is a question we had. Um, you, know, you had talked about the importance of having content um, that is, is meaningful, less noise, less. Mm -hmm. You know, you called it bottle porn, and there's probably. Mm -hmm. We've heard the term vineyard porn as well, where it's just like, oh, yeah. let's show our vineyards off. Let's show mm -hmm. vines because no one's ever seen these vines before. Mm -hmm. Maybe try, uh, describe what would be kind of like, you, t you talked about selling your brand. What would an ideal um, kind of story um, sound like, like in a video format? Like what, what video mm -hmm. would you want to see created that would actually move mm -hmm. you to want to visit the tasting room when they're open or make a purchase? Yeah. So one common video that you see from a lot of wineries is the, the cycle of, of the vineyard year or the cycle, the life cycle of the wine, you know, vines, pruning, you know, grapes, harvesting, then winemaking bottle. You often hear the saying that so many different hands touch this. Um, I think you know, 15 different hands touch this bottle to get it to your table. You never see those hands or the people behind those hands in those life cycles of a bottle. I mean, it's, it's like we want to sell the mystique of wine, but mm -hmm. you, it, it, you think of the Wizard of Oz, you know, don't look behind the curtain. But the curtain yeah. is the most interesting part of the story in some yeah. way. Yeah. Mm. You know, everybody's trying to be the wizard on that. And, and we see that everywhere. We see the, the mirage of mm. lovely Napa style and, and that. So showing a little bit of the dirty parts, that is good. It, it makes it feel more real, more authentic on it, that you're truly walking the walk. I would love wow. to see that. not just see the people, but see their names, you know, mm. who was it that was, you know, you know, John in the vineyard pruning these vines. Here's his hands touching this prune and you kind of do that time lapse with that. Mm. You know, Why is he, that important to you? Because there's, it's, there's people, there's mm. somebody to connect to and you see all these different hands and there's a meaningful message that you can convey to that. If all these people put in, their sweat, their tears, their time to touching this bottle that you're going to take off the shelf, put in your cart and put on your table at home. Mm. It's, it's asking you to make a connection to that brand because mm. you're not just buying, you know, Chateau label. You're buying John's work, Mary's mm. work and seeing the people give me a reason to care about those people. Mm. 
So mm. it, it, it would be different. I mean, until everybody starts doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> That's the I thing. Like when that. somebody has an idea, unfortunately, everybody does it. So you, you got to get the first mover bonus. Yep. Mm-hmm. Totally. No, that's really good feedback. Um, cool. Dom, do you have any follow-up mm-hmm. questions for any of the things? No, I, I, I'm like, mm-hmm. that's such a great point. Like we, mm-hmm. we do always hear, oh, we have this as many people worked on it, but we never mm-hmm. learn about those people. Mm-hmm. It's like, you do sure. want to know about all those people and you know, they have their own social lives. media to them. Mm-hmm. One of the, things, the easiest things that wineries can do. I mean, everybody's worried about, you know, with, with expenses and cost of, you know, following up your social media. You know, have a day where, you know, you give your vineyard worker access to the winery's Instagram account and have them do, you know, IG stories about this is their day, you know, it's mm. a worker, you know, when tasting rooms are back open, you know, this is a, t- you know, turn it over, you know, give, you know, have them get their name, you know, so, hey, you know, Katie here in, in, in the winery, you know, here she is racking barrels. And especially if it's somebody, it's something that's surprising, you know, most people are going to be expecting, you know, you know, rough men, you know, rocking the barrels. So, so you see a little petite five foot two woman, woman doing that. That's surprising. It's something different on mm. it. It makes it more memorable. And that's an easy way for wineries just to kind of keep adding that personality to the brand is by showing the people and, and just letting them tell their story. It doesn't have to be perfect production. You know, you want to have that mix of those really nice, good productions that's done there. But then also that mix of that behind the scenes, that background, that kind of feels special to look at. Yeah. And I think one of the things that that people have issues with is they think, oh, well, my story is not that, you know, important or different. But Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, people we've talked to, no matter how menial they see it as, we're like, Mm -hmm. whoa, that's a super cool story on how you got started. Like everybody's story, even the workers, you know, it's, I'm sure all of them have such great stories of everybody's lives are so unique and yeah, they all have something to include. And I think what you mentioned earlier, Amber, with regards to it's important to sell your brand now. And I think Mm -hmm. in a time where information is so easily accessible, like you Mm -hmm. mentioned, a lot of people searching on YouTube, they want to see people and -hmm. faces and brands and who they are. I think you're touching on a point where it's important to be, to bring about a sense of transparency and being authentic. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you're wanting to see is when you see these names behind who these people are, you're wanting to see people show who they are. And, you know, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, not creating more noise, but getting to know them and being able to hear what their story is and not even just the brand itself, but all of the people who make up this brand, because every touch point that this brand has with consumers or potential consumers, I think you're right. People are um, wanting to see something that's different. And what something that they aren't doing today is, like you said, introducing, you know, who are all the people who make up this story and behind the scenes and being transparent and authentic about who we are, because yeah, there's a lot of wineries who make great, fantastic wine with beautiful grounds, but you know, what can I connect with on a deeper level that these other guys aren't doing? Yeah, I, I mean, think you, yeah, touch on that. Every, every winery is going to have, you know, a great vineyard with it that they that 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 they love. Every winery is going to be committed to making the best wine they can. You're not selling anything different with selling, you know, making great wine. And even saying that you have great terroir, you know, a great single vineyard, even that's, you know, I, I I'm not as 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 completely sold that that's that's the winning lottery ticket. You know, only only a few you know, really, really blessed estates, you know, the, the DRCs and Burgundy, you know, 
can, can really play that card on it. The one thing that you have that is completely unique that your competitors don't have is your people. Mm-hmm. And so leverage that asset on it. And, yeah. yeah. Another thing to add too is, you know, not all the time, but very often we, you know, people we even talk to, um, a lot of their history of winemaking comes from its family. You know, it's some of these people are second, third, fourth, fifth generation winemakers. And I mean, when we start talking to them, we're like, Oh, these people have been around for a hundred years or more, you know, or, and they have pictures of things. Oh, our, our location is, you know, we have something on our property that's more than a hundred years old or, you know, all that stuff, which is every time we hear it, we're just floored. We're just mm-hmm. super excited. And we're like, Whoa, that's, and a lot of people, a lot of their customers don't even know these things. <laughs> yeah. And, and they should be asking their customers. I mean, the social media in particular is, is a huge avenue that is not being exploited by wineries and that you can get immediate feedback from your customers that also doubles as positive engagement. Mm-hmm. So just asking, you know, what have you had our wine with? You know, like food pairing. What's your favorite food pairing with it? And somebody posts a photo with, okay, here's your wine with this dish. Ask them what the recipe is. Mm-hmm. Then try to recreate the recipe. Post it on your Instagram. Hey, here's our attempt of making, you know, you know, Sally Mae's, you know, famous fried chicken, you know, to, that they paired with our wine. That's an amazing engagement with them. And so yep. just talking, interacting with customers back and forth you know, finding out, you know, what do you like about our wine? What do you like, you know, with, you know, if, if they did a photo, things like that. And responding to it is, is huge. I mean, so many times wineries just post something and then just leave it there and expect it to do its work. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit more. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, this is a little bit more of a tactical note too, but um, on top of that, there's, there's also the technology side where Instagram and Facebook, they have all these algorithms that, if you're not, you know, engaging with your followers or whatever, if you're not posting, they just, they, people, they basically put you at the bottom of the feed. Um, So that's kind of another thing to do. And another incentive to start at least talking with your customers. I mean, you should already be doing that, but (laughs) (laughs) yep. Cool. I love it. Even think about featuring them in, you know, if you're doing video production with marketing, you know, if you're in the tasting room, you know, getting the permission, you know, to, to use their appearance and, you know, ask them, ask their stories. Cause there's a lot of people that have stories and connected with a brand that, you know, you could leverage that. I mean, you think of white castles, the chain white castles, the stories, that, you know, had their first date there at a, at, at a white castles and then go back every year for anniversaries. I mean, white castles would, would incorporate some of that into ads and mm. you know, that pays dividends. And, you know, again, it's, it's white castles. So white castles, there's only so much story to have, they had their customers create the story for them. Mm-hmm. If you're a brand new winery starting out, that yet you don't have the five generations of family to do, get go, you know, mind those yeah. stories for customers. You know, mm-hmm. did some your bottle at a meaningful event in their life. There's I always a story to tell. Yeah. 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 I think coming off of what you had just said, what would you say to wineries? Um, you know, a lot of people might be listening to this and saying. Uh, we're okay with marketing. You know, we've rested mm-hmm. our laurels. We've, we've been around for this long and people love our wine. Um, you know, or marketing takes too long. You know, mm-hmm. this interaction, this planting the seed. 
I need wine sales today. Um, what mm -hmm. would you say to both of those or wineries in both of those buckets here? One, they, they already have a big brand. And then what would you say to the second winery where they say, it takes too long. I need sales now. We need to differentiate ourselves today. I can, what, what would you say? I mean, it's, it's basically the difference between standing still or moving forward. Mm. You know, the motivation to move forward always has to be internal within. And that's in many ways, that's marketing is kind of creating that internal motivation to move forward, continue to reach. Mm -hmm. if things fine the way it is, you are still standing still. And yes, you might be making sales now, uh, especially when we're thinking about how we're approaching different generations of customers. You know, yes, baby boomers are buying your wine. Generation X might be buying your wine. But the next generation, they don't have that same comfort and familiarity with your brand. The old mm. way to market it to their parents is not going to work necessarily for them. In mm. fact, we Good tend point. not to like to drink what our parents drank because it's kind of boring. So we mm. do want something different. And so... Planting those seeds, yes, you can't measure immediately. There's not that metric as well of saying, you know, yes, these seeds are planted. Uh, but it's, it's the effort that you're putting in. You are literally investing in your company on, you know, to, to again, to move forward. I think, Brandon, you had mentioned uh, last time we chatted about Mercedes, how obviously you can't buy a Mercedes as a child, but you're mm -hmm. always growing up with those commercials of, of what a Mercedes is. And then when you're older, you automatically have that, you know, perspective on, on that brand and, Oh, it's higher quality. It's this, it's that, you know, and you're just like, you have a lot Absolutely. of respect for it. Yep. Yeah. Cause even here at poor Amber, I think we told you this last time, uh, like Marty Newmeyer, we define brand as being that gut feeling about a product. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's not the winery who's even creating their brand. Mm -hmm. All the people who have that gut feeling about what that wine might taste like or be like they're actually creating their own little brand about who they are yeah. so you're actually creating millions of little brands for wh whatever touch point that you have with that winery so like dominic just mentioned it's important to like you said plant those seeds and start to reflect who you are and like you said you know being transparent building connections uh, with people so that they're building these little brands in their head and having a positive perception about what you're like so that they build trust with you and know that when they're investing and purchasing a bottle of wine when they could have purchased a bottle of whiskey that mm -hmm. they're becoming a part of a tribe that they believe in or have a positive, you know, connotation with. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. I think for helping to build your brand, which is all of these other people are actually building their own little brands about you. So you need to do your okay. best to, you know, portray yourself in a way that's meaningful. And especially during the hard times, I mean, those are going to be the people that go to bat for you. They're going to mm -hmm. be the people who are, constantly purchasing your wines and supporting your brand and making sure that you stay afloat. Yeah. Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, with one thing that we've learned from, you know, unfortunately with this, with this pandemic going on is people, we feel, we feel we're in it all together. We respond, you know, our first responders, you know, here in, in Paris, every time at 8 PM, everybody goes out and they, they're clapping with that to give the support. I, you know, I, I've heard lots of stories in California with, you know, wineries kind of banding together, you know, to, to support their, the local restaurants that are in trouble with that and doing events and trying to do pairings on that. Um, you know, people are motivated to help keep afloat, you know, their favorite restaurants on there. So yeah. if, if you give people a reason to give a damn, they will give a damn on it. I yeah. love that. That's so cool. 
That's awesome. Well, yeah, guys, let's wrap this up and uh, we'll end on a light note. We had a fun little question for you, Amber. We want to know what's your favorite wine right now and why are you drinking it? <laughs> oh, God. My favorite wine is a wine I get to have, I would say. Oh, wow. <laughs> there's always something exciting out there, something new to try. You know, a producer I haven't met yet, a grape I haven't tried yet, a region, just something that's out there. I'm going to keep looking for it on it. And so that's what motivates me as a consumer is to find something, continue to find something delicious. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Great cool. answer. Well, yeah, guys, if you haven't yet, check Amber out at, over at Spitbucket. She has a lot of good tools and resources for wineries. Um, you know, I know the ones that stuck out to us was, you know, about the virtual tasting room, talk about millennials and marketing. Um, but yeah, if you haven't yet, check her out, spitbucket.net. It's really good insights. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for taking the time today, Amber. Thank you. Appreciate it. Cool. Thanks so much, Amber. We'll talk soon. Thank talk you. to you soon. Cheers.